Hello and welcome to the Armenian News Network crew. This is Ovik Manucharyan again. And this is our second interview for the day of December 22, 2022, in an effort to increase English language coverage of the humanitarian crisis that is ongoing in Artsakh. For our second interview today, we will be talking with Varjan Gehamyan, a historian and an expert on modern Turkey and uh, the history of modern Azerbaijan. Uh, thank you, Aspet Bedrosian, for helping us uh, prepare for these interviews. And uh, this episode was recorded Thursday, December 22, 2022. Our guest today is Varujan Giramyan, who is an assistant professor at Yerevan State University and teaches on Turkey's modern history and the history of Azerbaijan. Hello and welcome, Varujan. Hello, thank you. Um, let's begin uh, by giving an update. Uh, as we're recording this discussion, more than 120,000 people continue to remain trapped in the Republic of Artsakh or Nagorno-Karabakh. For 11 days, Azerbaijan has brazenly blocked all traffic to and from Artsakh, hindering delivery of critical supplies. Yesterday, um, uh, the ICRC or the International Committee of Red Cross uh, intervened to transport one cardiac patient to Yerevan and the authorities in Azerbaijan uh, were cynically using that this whole time they to uh, as a sort of proof that you know see the corridor has not been blocked but just uh, last night uh, there were uh, there was footage of a Russian truck supply truck that, that was turned away and unfortunately another individual has died um, because they were not able to be transported to Yerevan to seek critical care uh, there is a lot to be said about the humanitarian side of this crisis, uh, Varujan, but let's talk a moment about the politics driving this. What do you think, you know, is the role of the Armenian government in securing the safety and uh, in securing the safety of the uh, Armenians of Artsakh, 120,000 of our compatriots? Well, to correctly to answer to this question, we first of all, uh, first of all, we need to understand what's um, the role. Uh, um, Armenia's government should play according to the constitution, according to the laws, and according to the, let's say, um, state logic. Um, uh, first of all, uh, we need to state that the Armenian government is the sole responsible and sole guarantee of the security of the Republic of Artsakh, which is stated at the, at the level of, uh, let's say, laws and uh, official documents, which are still um, running uh, in our country, uh, which means that uh, there is, um, uh, let's say, uh, not just um, you know a will to support. Uh, there shouldn't be just a will to support Artsakh, but rather there should be support because it is an, an important uh, part of the enforcement of the law in in our country. So, um, at the reality. Uh, um, uh, besides this law part, besides this legal part, we should also uh, state that um, it should be, I mean, the uh, sole duty of any Armenian government to support Armenians living everywhere in the world and actually living in one part of our homeland, in Artsakh. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, both on the level of uh, legality and both on the level of moral and uh, basic, basic conscience, there should be a su support to Artsakh. But in reality, we yes. have uh, just an, the opposite. The uh, official government of Armenia, the de facto uh, government of Armenia, in fact, 
uh, acts like um, uh, that they are not in any way representing Artsakh, uh, that uh, Artsakh is not uh, part of Armenia of, or uh, even of Armenian homeland. And uh, what is also important, that uh, the things that are happening with Armenians there are just uh, the same as uh, like it, it happens with, with uh, Armenians, for example, in Indonesia, for example. Uh, so uh, there is no real state policy towards Armenians and towards guaranteeing the security of Armenians living in Artsakh. And that's why we see that the official statements, for example, the official statements of the Republic of Armenia are very similar to the statements made by Portugal, Spain, Britain, so I mean, just statements and some express condemnation, express expression, yeah, of of concern, uh, concern, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it it's not, it, it isn't acting like the government of Armenia, but rather it's ac an a acting like a government of an X country. That's an interesting point because we previously had uh, international law expert Aram Orbelian, and we, we'll talk a little bit about that, but. Um, so the Armenian government has commonly or frequently basically pointed the finger at the Russians, at other nations as you know responsible for ensuring the security of Armenians in Artsakh. And uh, they uh, recently requested a discussion in the U.S. Security Council. Yes. Um, we heard a lot of statements in the Security Council meeting. Um, most of them were sort of, uh, if, if not all of them were uh, sympathetic to Armenians, uh, sympathetic, underscoring that uh, you know blockading is illegal and the you know ca calling on, on Azerbaijan to remove the blockade. But we didn't hear explicit condemnations in terms of a resolution, for instance, or may maybe even uh, a statement from the president of the Security Council. Um, but one statement in particular drew uh, criticism from the Armenian authorities. Uh, many in uh, Armenia and Artsakh, I think, uh, found the Russian statement to be maybe artificially neutral uh, mm -hmm. or even pro-Azerbaijani. Um, specifically, Russia, I think, alluded uh, to the blockade uh, you know, not being a violation of November 9 and 10 tripartite statement, yeah. but a mere adjacent issue. Can you tell me a little bit more about your overall evaluation of why Russia made the statement it did, and what was driving, uh, you know, what was motivating them to do that? Yeah, sure. It's an important question because really um, uh, the state rhetorics and the general discussion and the discourse around the issue of corridor is, um, I think, artificially is being, uh, let's say, uh, manipulated towards the uh, bear responsibility of the Russian part, but not uh, in any way of the part of the government of Armenia. Um, uh, I, I would like to draw your attention to one important question before going into deep into this question. It is that um, while having um, security council meetings in Armenia and while having uh, different announcements by the Armenian official statesmen, uh, we see that they are not using the correct wording uh, for the Artsakh issue, uh, saying that, uh, for example, the Security Council discussed the situation in the region, especially the Lachin Corridor. Yes. I mean, not saying that this is what, what happens is hap happening not in uh, just, like I don't know, in the region, but 
rather it happening in uh, Artsakh, in the Republic of Artsakh, or at least in Nagorno-Karabakh. Okay? Yes. So, I mean, if we see at the re state rhetoric that there is no separation of the issue, it means that for they are understand or they see the situation as something which happens somewhere around Armenia, and actually if it's around Armenia, it means that it's not Armenia. It is in, in this case, it's yes. in Azerbaijan. So um, this is the, actually the position of Armenian side in the negotiations with Azerbaijan, in the negotiations with Russia. And by the way, the Russian side several times during this last uh, th two, three months uh, announced uh, and let opened, leaked the real content of the negotiations saying that Armenian side actually agreed to this um, Azerbaijani uh, condition, precondition uh, for the negotiations, which is you should consider Artsakh as part of Azerbaijan. And then we are going to talk about technical details of how you s consider uh, uh, Artsakh as part of Azerbaijan. But yeah. the, the general uh, thing, the central thing is that Armenia's government accepts and considers uh, Artsakh as part of Azerbaijan. So if you have this situation, if you have this position, it means that the same position is being widely articulated with Russians. Uh, if Russia is part of the negotiations, then it should have at least something to be, I mean, to have a base to go into deep and to put a pressure on Azerbaijan saying, guys, this side is not agree, so we should find another way. But if Armenia's government saying that you know, we are okay with uh, Artsakh inside Azerbaijan just providing some cultural rights. Uh, it means that, the, let's say, the field for maneuver by the Russian side is very, very narrow. And I think that the situation currently with the corridor is just about that. Armenia is saying that you should provide uh, uh, security of the corridor because you put a signature under that uh, document, though they are not mentioning that they also put a signature right. under that. Said, uh, secondly, they are saying that um, uh, Russia, if Russia is not capable of providing security, then we should have some international uh, guarantees for this as well, which is, I mean, never going to happen, obviously. Uh, it, it means that it's just a pressure on Russia's side. And the third thing is that um, if Armenia is doing nothing with this, then I can imagine how difficult it is for the Russian side to talk with Azerbaijan. And we see that the timing is very perfect uh, from the Azerbaijani side. Knowing that Russia has um, other priorities in other regions, namely in Ukraine and Belarus, and uh, that uh, in case of any country, and in the case of Russia especially, re resources for the pressure, international play, uh, are very limited. So you have, uh, you know that you can make a pressure here, and you will never get the, the answer which you will get in case that there is no Ukraine or Belarus issue. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, uh, knowing that Russia is not ready to fight here, because, I mean, it's, I mean, another field, yeah, it's, a uh, second it's, another front. it's a second front and many other resources are being required for this kind of uh, activities and initiative. So Azerbaijanis know that they can go uh, further. They can put this red line to go uh, again uh, uh, and to, to push this red line. And this uh, move, this transfer of the red line 
is definitely going to be uh, uh, on the basis of the Armenian interest, not of the Azerbaijani, because Azerbaijani side is the strongest side right, right. now. Uh, Aram Orbelian uh, actually brought up an interesting point, which is that uh, the basis for which the Security Council meeting was held, at least you know there was some heavy citations and heavy reference made towards the September 13 uh, Azerbaijani aggression, aggression against yeah. uh, Armenia uh, proper. Uh, not, you know, it, it didn't mention that much anything uh, about uh, Artsakh, about the uh, Republic of Nagorno-Karabakh or the Republic of Artsakh. So there seems to be some, you know, I think he, 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 he would also agree with your uh, point of view. But I think you, you already answered this, but in short, mm -hmm. uh, why, you know, what can Armenia expect from the UN Security Council in this state? Uh, can we expect a resolution and would that, how binding would that resolution be against Azerbaijan? Any kind of international document, any kind of international uh, condemnation, any kind of international anything will work in case when there is uh, a process in parallel which is being initiated by the Republic of Armenia and the Armenian, let's say, general Armenian factor. Uh, namely, if there is no real work on the ground by the Armenian government, which is also showing the readiness to use other types of tools to solve the, uh, the situation, to solve the problem. Um, in case of absence of this type of readiness, uh, no kind of international document or resolution is going to, um, uh, let's say, uh, play a positive role in the situation. It is just going to be a, a piece of paper uh, which are, uh, let's say, uh, frequently appearing in the Armenian history, starting with the Sever uh, uh, Treaty yeah. in 1920, up to other documents which we had, but they never being uh, never been implemented just because there was no force behind the document. Uh, any kind of document is gonna be uh, really helpful if um, uh, the position of the Armenian Republic of Armenia and the government of Armenia. Uh, is uh, for keeping Artsakh, not blaming others, not blaming like I don't know Russians, uh, Iranians, uh, I don't know Indians, but rather uh, putting everything on this issue and showing the readiness to use other types of instruments which we have to solve the question. All right, let's move to other sort of uh, current events that were happening uh, recently. There was reports that the government of Azerbaijan has actually sold the mines which were they which they're using as a pretext for their uh, special uh, environmentalist operation uh, to block the you know the lifeline road uh, so Azerbaijan essentially has sold uh, the rights to those mines to a British company and we know that the government of Britain is heavily invested in Azerbaijan uh, and British companies also uh, and there was recently news that Richard Moore, uh, head of uh, MI6, was uh, in Armenia recently. There is a lot of speculation about this, but uh, I think it doesn't have to be speculation. It can be uh, an educated guess, or maybe there are other mm -hmm. just sort of reasonable sort of you know thoughts that could be framed around this. Why uh, was this? Uh, you know, w what is your explanation for the visit, especially given that uh, Armenia and the UK don't have very sort of close ties uh, at least over the last you know decades, and no common interest by the yeah. way. Um, um, to I think that to correctly understand the. Um, 
uh, aims of, of the visit of MI6 uh, had, uh, we should uh, understand the general context. Uh, the context is very, very clear currently. I mean, if the, like a year ago or two years ago, um, some were still speculating about what's happening. Now it is very clear if you just follow the news and even not being a specialist. So what we have in reality, we have uh, South Caucasus, which is a key geopolitical spot on the map of Eurasia. You have um, South Caucasus, which was for the last like 100 years, uh, with some minor changes and minor pauses, uh, was a zone of influence of Russia. And um, uh, Russia was always competing to keep that zone of influence over South Caucasus, at least with two major regional powers, Turkey and Iran. And of course, this was happening in more general context where there is a fight or there is a contest between Russia on the one hand and uh, collective West or West on the other hand. So uh, what was happening here was part of this, the so-called great game. Um, now we see that with um, limited Russian resources and Russia's, let's say, uh, change of priorities uh, because of the war in Ukraine, um, we have a situation when um, Russia's positions are very weak in South Caucasus. Uh, there are two countries in South Caucasus which were out of the Russia's influence f already for many years. Georgia, uh, which is a clear Western ally here in the region, though this new government is trying to somehow uh, balance the influence of different poles. Um, at the same time, there was Azerbaijan, which was actually, uh, it is commonly in journalism, you know, we are using uh, the word um, uh, small brother, but actually it was the best ally of Turkey, not only in the region, but actually in the world. Uh, there is no other country which has the same weight and the same price for Turkey as Azerbaijan. So uh, Turkey is very, very uh, present there, and I it is enlarging its presence there. So Russia is weakening. Iran can like fill the vacuum which is uh, emerging out of the Russia's uh, weakness. Uh, and there is Turkey which is trying to uh, have its own zone of influence uh, besides Azerbaijan and part of Georgia, so Armenia. And uh, we see that uh, this is uh, like one of the main priorities of Turkish government and it was always like that. So Russia is trying to keep its influence, Iran is trying to increase its influence and Turkey is trying to keep its influence. Um, for Russia and Iran there is a clear understanding that Turkey is a Western ally, uh, it's a part of NATO and uh, Turkey's appearance in South Caucasus is a threat to both Turkey, uh, to both Russia and, and yeah. to Iran. Uh, so what they can do is to uh, use like common resources, uh, collaborate uh, with the aim not to keep no, uh, to keep uh, Turkey far away from South Caucasus. At the same time, there is Turkey, which is trying to be very active in South Caucasus and enlarging its zone of influence. And if it's enlarging its influence, it is going to be uh, in place uh, of Russian or Iranian influence. So this is fully 100% uh, um, let's say uh, uh, is um, supported by West because West 
sees South Caucasus as an important geopolitical spot, so it should take out Russia, it should take out Iran from here, to end uh, what country is going to be the ally of, of West here, of course it's Turkey. So that's why we see that um, what, is go what is happening right now, it is um, try to, I mean, there is an attempt to take out Russia and take out Iran and to bring uh, Turkey here in the region. And at this point, we have uh, this great game, which is currently happening around and probably also in Armenia. And that's why we have uh, also very clear support for the Armenia's uh, acting government uh, from the West. I mean, there is no condemnation of any uh, violence of democracy, any human rights violence, which happens in Armenia, I mean, uh, with unprecedented uh, scale. But, I mean, no condemnation from the West, and there is a clear support from West. And yes. there is also clear support uh, for the um, policy which is being implemented by uh, Pashinyan's government uh, uh, towards Artsakh issue. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, if you are agreed to give Artsakh to Azerbaijan, then this is the end of Russian presence actually here. That's the, let's say, there's the logic behind of West support to Armenia's current government. So in this great game, we have uh, changing, um, changing um, scales, changing tactics, but not general strategies. And uh, I think that it is very, very clear here that Unfortunately, for the West, the Armenian interests, the Armen rights of Armenians are not that much important uh, if they compare it with the possible future of uh, non-Russian South Caucasus. Yeah. That's, a, that's an important point. And, uh, you know, I have many friends in the West, uh, and naturally, uh, you know, their position is to support their own governments, but sure. you know many of them would ask me why. Well, what's the problem with Armenia switching poles? Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the that threat? And uh, specifically, I think many Armenians are very sensitive to uh, Turkey, given the historic sort of the genocide that happened, and that's still you know in our minds. Uh, you know, my, I am a descendant of genocide. Many Armenians are descendants yep. of genocide. Do you think that it's all behind us? And can Turkey be counted and like let's say if, if Turkey does, if Russia leaves and Turkey comes in, uh, do Armenians have anything to worry about? Uh, well, I can answer very shortly and then I can answer very, uh, uh, putting some more context. But to answer shortly, uh, just uh, I, I, I should remind um, our followers that uh, only two days ago, uh, the ambassador of Turkey to Azerbaijan, Jaid Bagje, visited the place where they uh, blockaded Artsakh and uh, supported those who were doing that. And uh, Turkey is fully supporting what Azerbaijan does. So Tur Turkey is participating in the genocide act currently, which is happening in, Az in, in Artsakh. So uh, Turkey is part of what they are doing and mm -hmm. Turkey is behind of what they are doing because it's, it, it is very difficult to imagine that Azerbaijan without support by Turkey would uh, be possible, I mean, would have possibility to sustain all the pressure which is coming from different sides, humanitarian organizations, etc., etc. And of course, uh, it has that support. That's why they are very confident in what, what they are doing. And officially, by the way, Turkey said that they are supporting what, what Azerbaijan is doing right. So, I mean, 
uh, there is no, uh, I think, um, let's say, um, any other discussion uh, about what's happening in Artsakh right now. It's a clear act of genocide. So Azerbaijan is is uh, condemning an act of uh, sorry. Uh, Azerbaijan is conducting an an act of genocide. Turkey supports the act of genocide. So do Armenians have something to worry about? Definitely they have because if they are doing that in Artsakh, who says that they are not going to do the same in Sunik, in Vyazdor, in Yerevan, or in Shirak? No and guarantee for that. And of course, Turkey's expansionist policies all around its borders also indicate, you know, whether it's the Kurds, the Syrians, they all are seem to be victims of this policy, uh, and it's not all just, you know, uh, peaceful. Turkey's, uh, let's say, policy in the region is very, very clear, and it always was about that. We have strategic interests in this region, especially in Armenia. Armenia, as an independent political factor, is contradicting to what we need in South Caucasus and they really need a lot here in the South Caucasus because South Caucasus is uh, actually a key spot for Turkish ambitions beyond South Caucasus in Northern North Caucasus in uh, Russian Turkic speaking uh, uh, let's say regions in uh, Central Asia in Northern Iran and in generally in Middle East mm -hmm. so uh, if they have Armenia and they have this uh, uh, direct uh, borders with Azerbaijan then we are gonna have uh, another uh, type of Turkey, a, a regional superpower. So why Turkey shouldn't do that? Just because Armenians are saying that, guys, we gave you Karabakh, so let us to live in a peace? No, of course. And of course, uh, I know that uh, there is a discussion about this a lot in the Armenian world currently, and they are saying that, okay, in case of Karabakh, it is very obvious because Karabakh is a disputed territory according to, let's say, negotiations, but Sunik, Vyostor, Tavush, and any other part of Armenia is not negotiated. It's a part of recognized Republic of Armenia. Okay, then we should bring a lot of examples of Syria, Iraq, Cyprus, Libya, and many other places in the world when Turkey is acting uh, the way it wants, uh, with expansionism, with, um, with the clear aim to not only to intervene, but also to take and to occupy the territories and uh, to make them uh, be part of their own country uh, and n in no c I mean um, with the all these uh, mentioned cases the according to the international law Turkey broke that law I mean yes Syrian territorial integrity is there Iraqi territorial inter integrity is there Cyprus is a whole country recognized by everyone in, in the world. Mm. But it's not a real obstacle for Turkey if there is a possibility to occupy that and to keep that land. Yeah. So uh, this is going to happen with Armenia as well. Who said that something is going to keep us from Turkish inva invasion other than real troops on the ground and our allies which have uh, uh, troops on the ground. So coming to your first the, the, to, the, to the first part of your question. Um, uh, there is no problem with the West. The problem is that for West, here in the region, there is one ally, clear ally, part of the member of NATO. It's Turkey. And they are definitely gonna act according to Turkish interest in the region. Uh, and they are not, uh, for them, the priority is to take out Russians, not keep Armenians and or Armenians' rights here in the region. So if Turkey is gonna take South Caucasus, they're gonna be happy. 
because Turkey is taking South Caucasus from Russia and from Iran. Mm -hmm. So what Turkey is going to do afterwards, they are going to keep the rights of Armenians living in Artsakh, they are going to kill another 100,000 Armenians, or they are going to like occupy the country, putting uh, the agenda they want to put, West really uh, doesn't care. And I can really understand this logic. It's very simple, it's very um, basic and very rational from their point of view. And all the in, uh, human rights stuff, all the, you know, these democratic values and other announced uh, values are not that much important as geopolitical interests, which are very clear, very obvious. And just two days ago, another uh, agreement was signed between Azerbaijan and, and European Union, and European Union again stated that Azerbaijan is a key partner. They are never saying the same for Armenia. Yes. So, I mean, this is very, very, very clear. Yes. This is not about just choosing, you know, the values. You are not choosing the values. You are actually choosing the possibility, between a possibility of having values or not having at all. Was it Ahmed Davutoglu who uh, was the author of the you know, zero problems with our neighbors yeah. policy? And was it, I, f I forget, was it him who said that right now, a few days ago just he said right now uh, is a good time to pressure to Armenia? whatever we want, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's another, I, I think, yeah. evidence that I'd like to bring. Varjan, you have been recently uh, taking part in different conferences around the region and in Armenia specifically. I believe a week ago you were in Goris. Um, there were some Iranian colleagues there, Iranian uh, pol uh, political scientists, and I believe you were also uh, participating yep. in discussions with Iranians today. Iran is obviously very concerned about this. Uh, and what are Iran's interests? I mean, Iran has various at various times declared red lines uh, and uh, stated that Sunik or Armenia's territorial integrity in the south is a red line for them because it would basically cut off, you, know, it's ju you just have to look at the map, it would cut uh, Armenia, uh, Iran's ties with Russia. But how serious is Iran about this? And for those in the West maybe w like who are just exposed to do like short headlines in the media, um, does Iran have legitimate concerns in this region and should the West be more permissive of those concerns being expressed um, as opposed to sort of recently I believe the US State Department said that we would not allow Iran to destabilize the region. Do you think that's a logical or, or, or a sane policy to pursue? Um, uh, well first of all let's talk about Iran's position here for the region. As yes. I said uh, they are also part of the competition for, for South Caucasus. I mean they were always part of this competition yes. and actually for for a uh, very long period they were the only let's say sole owners of South Caucasus uh, and th there are national inter natural interests uh, for Iran in this region because it's the northern uh, border it's the let's say the only route which is out of uh, NATO uh, NATO's influence Armenia and Georgia are not part of NATO so I mean this is a, um, a clear uh, important uh, route for for Iran towards Black Sea region and uh, w uh, and uh, northern Eurasia in general. So uh, from that point, uh, Iran is of course concerned. But also there is a concern that if Turkey is present on its northern borders, then definitely the um, all the pressure which is currently being um, uh, used by Turkey and Azerbaijan uh, to 
um, somehow organize, mobilize Turkish-speaking uh, Iranians in the north of Iran. Uh, so putting them, pushing them to go into the field of separatism and other, let's say, uh, non-appropriate things, um, definitely it's going to be uh, higher if they are in Artsakh, if they are in Sunik. Uh, we see right now that during this uh, last uh, events in Iran, uh, we have seen that there are tendencies towards separatism by this Turkic-speaking marginal, still marginal group, but they have a cap capability to uh, make more if there is a uh, there is a vacuum of or any weakness by the Iranian state. So uh, 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 Iran is very very uh, concerned with the situation because they know that in case the uh, Turkish influence here in the region is um, uh, larger than they have right now they are gonna pretend on the territories of Iran as well, on, of the northern Iran. Uh, and this was uh, even, um, if I'm not mistaken, articulated on the highest level as well. I mean, using different dif uh, diplomatic uh, channels. And also this about this aim, uh, Turkish president and Azerbaijan's, uh, Azerbaijan's president, they talked several times. Uh, Aliyev uh, just two or three weeks ago again stated that they are concerned with the rights of so-called Azerbaijanis living in, in the northern Iran. So uh, uh, for Iran, this is... Uh, if for us this is uh, existential threat, for Iran this is also an existential threat, uh, but uh, on a level of superpowers, I mean on a level of empires, let's say. Mm -hmm. So that's why they see Sunik as the last uh, red line that they can uh, somehow, let's say, keep. Of course they understand that Sunik without Nahijevan and without Artsakh is, is very, very weak. So in the future, they should uh, also try to work on this direction. But at the moment, keeping Sunni security until the moment when Turkey is weak and the Armenian's government is pro-Armenian and pro-Iranian, uh, in that case, of course, uh, they will try to do more. So um, that's why Iran is very concerned and that's why there are always constant uh, messages coming from Iranian side on very, very highest level. Uh, with even if you remember in, uh, during the summer, uh, the um, supreme leader of Iran several times talked about the importance of Sunik, which mm. is, I mean, an unprecedented thing. Uh, Iran's supreme leader talks very rarely and uh, very, uh, very, very not often it talks about uh, borders of other countries. So uh, that's why uh, we should take this very seriously. And uh, it is very clear, it should be very clear for us that Iran is a natural ally currently. Uh, not because we are like the best people in the world and they want to be with us, but just because our interests are coinciding. For Iran, it's better to have uh, Armenian Sunik rather than have uh, Turkish Sunik, Turkish mm -hmm. Zangezur. So that's why they are supporting and this is one of the directions where we can work um, uh, towards. Um, you had another question, but I forgot. So yeah. the biggest challenge is trying to explain to a Westerner um, why sort of Iran has legitimate concerns here and why Armenia should, for instance, maybe even cooperate militarily because it is in their interests. Obviously, the West does make exceptions to its sort of policies, even for its enemies or even for states that it considers, yeah. you know, uh, 
against democracy, against human rights, uh, that the exceptions like that are always made. So why did, you know, many, many saw the U.S. State Department warning to Iran to stay, like, stay, stay back as maybe jumping ahead of the horse a little bit. You know, yeah. is, 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 is the U.S., you know, how, how, can, how can we work towards, you know, convincing the U.S. and Western partners that this is a legitimate... Well, well in general, uh, one thing we need to explain it is that uh, we are not uh, choosing between, you know, options one uh, and option option one or option two, which are uh, about um, preferences or, you know, values or something. We are choosing between security and the clear threat. Unfortunately, it's it happened like that. Yes. Turkey is much more important for West than Armenia. Yes. Azerbaijan is much more important uh, for the for the West than Armenia. Actually, Armenia is not interesting at all. Armenia is interesting as long as it is uh, with Russia and Iran. Yes. And this interest is to take out Russia and Iran from here. Whenever they take Armenia out, uh, whenever they take Russia and Iran from Armenia, then Armenia is losing its all its value. Yeah. And they are not, as I said, they are not going to care about what happens with Armenia with Turks or with Armenians with Turks or uh, Azerbaijan is going to occupy Sunik or yeah. not. It's important that the occupation is being, uh, let's say, operated by their own ally, Turkey or Azerbaijan, not by Russia or by Iran. Mm -hmm. So that's why it is very important for first of all for armenians to understand that we are not just you know living somewhere in fiji and uh, choosing between uh, uh, hot or cold water we are we have to uh, be allies with those who are ready to sustain turkish threat which is very very clear yeah. very 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 clear it's not an archaic or outdated thing it's very updated it's very modern it's very clear and it's very real I remember that the uh, discussions and talks uh, before 2020 were were very similar to what we have right now, uh, but with uh, using with uh, using other uh, uh, let's say examples. When we were saying that Turkey has plans to occupy whole Artsakh and then go to Sunik, people were saying like those who are not uh, informed uh, at the required level, uh, they were saying that. You know, guys, um, no, it's, it's pan-Turkism or something like that. Like, uh, uh, it is an outdated thing. You yeah. should not think about that. If we live in peace, we live in peace. Right. Um, but um, when we were saying that, you know, whenever they are going to take Artsakh, next they are going to take Sunik, again, this was uh, faced with criticism and uh, there were many speculations. When Artsakh, we lost 75% of Artsakh, and we had clear threat to Sunik. Now we are discussing whether they are gonna take the whole Sunik or only one part of yeah. it. So I mean, but still we are talking about the fact that they are gonna take it. Now we're actually discussing whether Gyumri is important to Turks yeah. or not. You know. Yeah. So but I have I have a, let's say a spoiler for everybody. Everything here is important for Turks, from Gyumri up to Kapan, from Stepanakert up to Armavir. So yes. I mean, whenever you think that. There is no threat because I already gave everything to them. Believe me, there is still something that they can really take out of Armenia. Because as long as there is an poli independent political factor here, no matter how weak it is, but still if there is an independent Armenian political factor here, then we are clearly going to have Turkish threats. Turkish threats are going to uh, disappear only in case 
when there is no Armenia. Thank you. Thank you, Varujan. We're out of time. Um, I appreciate uh, your time today. And uh, again, for our viewers and listeners, this has been a collaboration between the Grung Podcast and 168 Hours. Uh, please visit us at podcasts.grung.org or 168am for further information. And thank you for your time. That concludes this conversations on Grung episode. We hope it was helpful in your understanding of some of the issues involved. We look forward to your feedback, including your suggestions for conversation topics in the future. Contact us on our website at grung.org or on our Facebook page, ann-grung, or in our Facebook group, grung-armenian news network. Special thanks to Laura Osborne for providing the music for our podcast. On behalf of everyone in this episode, we wish you a good week. Don't forget to subscribe to our channels, like our pages, and follow us on social media. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.